Welcome to Sunday Night Clinics. We are a form of positive, honest exchanges for the betterment of athlete 911 players and families. And with the Masters of Baseball, our agenda is to help players all over the country in today's youth baseball environment. Always as I do, I repeat, this conversation is a positive information to help you. No agenda, but a talk to help players and families grow in our great game. This form of baseball talk and sharing philosophies and beliefs is for you, the player, the family member, the youth and high school and college coaches, a forum for all of us to grow as people, coaches, and mentors. Now, tonight's guest is Grambling University's head coach, Davin Pierre. Coach Pierre enters his 13th season with the Grambling State Tigers baseball program, where he had been on head coach James Cooper's staff since the 2010 season. Now he is the head coach. During Pierre's time at Grambling State, he has overseen the duties of the Tigers infield play and sharing the hitting duties with Cooper. In his 11 years, Pierre has helped guide the Tigers to be one of the top offensive and defensive teams in the SWAC yearly. Pierre also played a key role in recruiting as he's been the recruiting coordinator for the program since 2012. During his duties as a recruiting coordinator, Pierre has had over 25 all-conference selections. Pierre has been a big part of the, the program's recruiting talented players for Grambling State. He was recognized as one of the top recruiters in the country and the best recruiter in the SWAC in 2016. Coach Pierre earned his first bachelor's degree in mass communication from Grambling State University in 2005 and also his master's degree from Grambling two years later in sports administration. Some of Coach Pierre's off-field activities include being an ordained minister and being very active in ministry at his church. Before coaching, Coach Pierre worked for two years with the Grambling State Department of Athletics as the Director of Athletic Operations, overseeing practices and games and game day operations for the department's 18 sports on a daily basis. In addition, Coach Pierre also served as the athletics liaison to campus facilities as he worked directly with the department to ensure the daily maintenance of the department's athletics facility. In addition, to purchasing the necessary equipment needed. Coach and his wife, Ashley Pierre, have two children, David Jr. and Faith Pierre. Guys, will you please welcome Coach Pierre from Grambling University. Welcome, Coach. Man, I appreciate that introduction, man. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. There's somebody at your school that's written some nice things about you, and I'm pretty good at copying it. <laughs> that's a good thing my man okay so here we're going to start off and how this forum works coach is i ask you the questions or we get questions in from people and it, this is your show this is you're on this show because we want to hear what you have to say you know about all the things that any of these questions make where they may go so here's question number one for you coach mm -hmm. numbers continue to decline with black youth participation in baseball. With no historically black universities and colleges west of Texas, how could your program be better promoted on the West Coast? 
I, I think to answer that question, obviously exposure is always the good thing. We play in something that's called the Andre Dawson Classic, the opening weekend of the college baseball season. And, you know, it allows, you know, those HBCUs that are involved within that tournament um, to get some TV time on MLB Network. Now, you know, obviously MLB Network is a huge um uh, advocate for baseball period and it gives our kids and our programs a chance to be exposed to the world and people to be able to see that um, HBCU baseball at historical about colleges are really good we have really good athletes we have really good talent so I think um, one of the ways to have the exposure is you know that some TV programs would be able to pick up um, uh, our baseball games and have them televised and and, you know, that our universities be able to live stream our games so people can see them. But also, I think it's a it's a it's 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 for um, us as an HBCU and coaches to be able to get to areas where we are not at, you know, like the California area, man, to try to um, make connections out there, whether it's with scouts and college coaches and uh, well, travel ball coaches and, you know, high school coaches to be able to get that type of exposure. Um, I think we have to be seen in order for us to, you know, to make our presence felt. And um, if we can do those things, I think it can show kids that, you know, and it's no knock on any of the other schools that are in that area. But it is to show that, you know, our, our African-American kids that are really good at baseball and uh, have the academics to be able to play it, that, man, they can come to an HBCU and excel at a high level, man, and play quality baseball and be able to live out a dream which is get a college education, man, and, and if they're good enough, have an opportunity to play at the next level. So, Coach, you you know, being a head coach at the collegiate level has as many challenges. Is there anything unique to that position at an HBCU? Yeah, you get to do everything. <laughs> you, you, you get to do everything. I, I think when you're, you, and, and when you're in a coach at – an historical black college. I don't. I think the coaching side of it is, um, is actually the bonus. I, you get to be a mentor. You know, you get to be a father to some of the kids. You get to be a leader. You get to be, um, sometimes the the grounds guy. You you know you you, you get to be sometimes the guy that picks up trash. I I, I think, you know, at, at an historical black college, it allows us to, you know, be able to do a, a variety of different things that get us prepared for you know, a lot of different things, man. And, you know, for me, uh, being at Grambling State University, I think the most essential thing for for me as a, as a coach is, man, I get a chance to impact these kids' life. And although baseball is, you know, what they come here to do, um, at the end of the day, they can't take the, the, the cage with them. They can't take the facility with them. They can't take the baseballs with them. But what they can take is the development that, we give each and every individual kid on our campuses to be a good husband, good father, and good provider for their family. So we take on many roles at an historical black college. And, you know, and I, I don't take it lightly because, you know, obviously being a baseball coach is really cool and, and at an institution where I played at. But at the same time, you know, I think that our role, um, especially at black colleges, to make sure that our kids are better men and are prepared for the game of life, which is probably the hardest game they'll ever play. No doubt about that. Now, can you I, I kind of skipped over it because I wanted to ask you that first question. Can you go over you you've been a life lifetimer at, at Grambling. So can you give us a little bit about your background, where you came from, what made you choose Grambling? And now 
you're raising your family at Grambling. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I got the Grambling in, you know, in 2001 and, um, and walked on a baseball team, you know, and, and had an opportunity to manage, to earn my, earn my right there, you know, and, um, you know, finished in 2005, you know, tried to go out and see if I can play some professional baseball and, you know, went to some trials and, you know, tried to play some indie ball and things of that nature, but it didn't work out the way I wanted to. And, and I've always wanted to be around the game of baseball. So because of it, man, you know, I went back to school and, you know, started being in and, and got in grad school and was an intern coach underneath for Coach Ray, Bad Ray, who was the head coach at Gremlin. And, um, you know, learned from him. And and uh, and I think one of the central things for me is when I was working with, with, with football in 2008, man, the uh, the head coach was Rob Broadway, who was a phenomenal football coach, especially in black college football. And I had an opportunity to learn from him and the staff and just uh, the, 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 the traits about having integrity, having character, being on time, being disciplined, um, understanding what was important and being a mentor to the kids. So those are things that shaped me. Uh, Gramlin has shaped me into the individual that I am. And I owe a lot to Gramlin. So, you know, after playing and, you know, and then Coach Cooper getting the job and, and hiring me in 2010. And, you know, we, we, went, we won the championship our first year and we, you know, grind together to try to build this program into something that would be be special and people would respect it and honor it across the country. Um, I, I think, you know, th those are the things that that helped me become the, the coach I am today. So in my 13th season, man, uh, I, I am, you know, if, I think if you cut me, man, I'll bleed black and gold <laughs> because I've just been I've, I've just been embedded in Gramlin for so long. I love the institution. I love the place I'm in. But more importantly, I love the fact that we have kids that come from across the country in a lot of different places, a lot of different areas, man, to to try to make their way uh, in a little town like Gramlin and become the best version of themselves. How do you um, when you're recruiting players all over the country, what what are the things that are you you're looking for in order for them to be a Grambling man? Um. I, I think we grow them into Gremlin men. They, they don't just come into our program and become Gremlin men. That's a process to become what we call a G-man. But, you know, uh, for every athlete that we're recruiting, you know, we're looking for, for really good athletes. We're looking for guys that can play the game fast. You know, for us, man, we, in our field, we want to play with all center fielders if that's possible, you know, and just let those guys battle it out. And then whoever's the best center fielder plays center, and then the other two guys go to – to go to uh, right or left. And then the same way in the infield, man, we're looking for athletes, athletic guys that can play shortstop, you know, and, you know, those guys are battle it out. But we want guys that can play the game fast. We call uh, what we do at Gremlin is kind of like fast break baseball. You know, we want to be able to be aggressive on the bases, aggressive at the plate, you know, be able to hit and run bunt, just be able to apply pressure on uh, teams at a constant basis. And, you know, it's trying to create an offense that can play in any ballpark. So for us, man, we want to recruit guys like that, that are athletes, that can run, uh, that can bunt, um, and then have a feel for the game for us IQ-wise. So, um, and then also, you know, we want kids with good grades that, uh, that, that have, have the good academics and, and also have the mentality to want to be grinders. Obviously, when you're at a historical black college, there are, there are some things that we're limited to. So we want kids who, are, who want to grind, who want to be better, who want to have a blue-collar mentality and go to work at a daily basis, man, and not care about the things that they don't have. But as long as they have the things they need to get better, they can focus on that. Coach, can you can you go over like a week at your school? Like you 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 just started the season. 
Um, what, you, you know, you, you know, you go on the road, you come home, you get home on a Sunday night and the week starts Monday. Can you guys, can you go through your process during the week uh, for what you guys do and what you expect of your student athletes? Well, you know, for us, you know, now that the, the season has started, you know, when you look at, well, I'll start the day on Thursday for us. You know, we go, you know, it's a travel day for us. Thursday is always a travel day when we're on the road. And then obviously, you know, we play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then after we play those games, Monday is always particularly an off day for us, kind of waits, staff meeting where we, we begin to talk about, you know, what we did on the weekend and how we can get better and, you know, begin to build our scouting report. And, um, and then, you know, and be, begin to build our practice plan of how we're going to attack the day. You know, whether we get to get better in offensively and do some different things where it's simulated games or, you know, whether we are, you know, bunning and or whether we're just trying to just take some BP to get guys, you know, crisp or, or you know, whether we're doing our PFP work. We kind of we kind of allow the game, you know, especially in the season, kind of allow the game to kind of let us know, man, what are we going to be focusing on in order for us to get better? But, you know, for our kids, man, you know, they have to they have to you know bear the blood of being a student athlete where, you know, they got to go to class and also, man, have the ability to be able to manage being a student athlete. So on the road, you know, we, we also try to to do little things, man, to help them. Um, obviously, we have uh, travel buses and charter buses that have access to Wi-Fi and those things that allows them to continue to be able to be engaged in class and also be able to do work on the road. So, you know, it, it's always hectic, especially, you know, when you're a student athlete in baseball because you're playing so many games and you're always on the road and you're always out of class. So we try to make sure that our kids are mentally tough enough to be able to manage the load and that we have the resources that they need in order for them to be able to continue to be a student athlete and thrive uh, when they're out of class. What three things would you pitch prospective student athlete? on why Grambling or an HBCU would be a great fit for him or her? I, I, I think um, the, the, the three things I would talk about is, is for one, it, it is a place where, you know, I, and I'm speaking about Grambling. Obviously, HBCUs across the country have a lot of different things that are, that are built in about them. But when we talk about Grambling, and um, I think that the things that attract kids to us is the family vibe that we have. Grambling is a family vibe. You know, you know, it, it, it goes from the cafeteria lady to the lady, the, the lady or man in the bookstore um, to the professors on campus to even our president. You know, I, I, I just think it's a family vibe. And then the culture, the, the, the culture of of being able to be at an HBCU where kids can develop and know who they are and understand who they are and where they come from and the things that are making them. Um, who they are, you know, the adversity that it takes to be at an HBCU, you know, uh, of not having everything that, you know, you would desire, but, you know, it, it builds you into the person that you are. It makes you tough. And then more importantly, I think the development, you know, one of the things that we talk about when we're recruiting, uh, we talk about developing people, you know, and, and there may be some schools in the across the country that maybe teach hitting better than us or infield play or pitching or outfield play or things of that nature. But I believe, and just just my my opinion about my institution and about my program, is that I believe that there's no in, there there's no other school that develops people the way we do. And let me tell you this: this and this is something that I hang out, my hat on a lot. You know, we've had a lot of guys, we've had a lot of guys 
um, that have gotten drafted, over 11 guys that have gotten drafted. But more importantly, I think the biggest thing that we've done at Grammar State University in 2019, we had a kid by the name of Jalen Heat who was the valedictorian of the entire university. Now, go figure that, Butch. This kid was the smartest kid at our institution with a 398 GPA. And, you know, I'm still looking for that professor that gave him a B, too. I hadn't found him yet. But at, at the same time, you know, those are the things that we try to instill in our kids, that the fact that the baseball side of it was always going to be bonus. Yes, we'll play against big time competition. Yes, we'll try to be in the runnings to win a championship. Yeah, we'll try to be at the top of our conference. Yeah, it's going to be really good baseball. But more importantly, man, you are going to get ready for the game of life. You're going to get developed. You're going to be a better man. You're going to be a better person. You're going to be able to provide for your family when you leave Grambling. I think that's the most important part that all of these kids should understand when they're talking about going to Grambling and all HBCUs. You know, it, it is a place where you develop and become a better version of yourself. And I think anybody coming from an HBCU that's on the call tonight or that's that's locked in and listening, they understand that, man, when you go to HBCU, man, it's just something different about it, man. It's a different it's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. And, you know, you, you leave the place where, um, you know, you make friends that are going to be lasting. Guys are going to be in your wedding. Girls are going to be in your wedding. And, you know, you may meet your wife there. I met my wife there at Grambling. And I, I just think it's, it's, it's just really good times and a good vibe and a good place for people to grow both on and off the field. Well, speak. With, with Grambling University having such a rich history and a strong t- tradition, you, you guys have had some good NFL quarterbacks. What role does the school's reputation play? Coach? Say what, what role does this, you say? Say it again. Yeah, what with, with what role does the school's reputation? I, I I think the I think the role that the school's reputation is that everybody knows about Grambling. I think you can go you can go across the country and people know about Grambling State University, obviously because of um, Coach Eddie Robinson, who is you know, probably one of the best, our greatest coaches, greatest college coaches, our coaches to ever coach the game of football. So, you know, we have him and then obviously Doug Williams and, and all the Hall of Famers that we have. We also, you know, from the baseball side of it, man, you talk about Ralph Gar, who is <laughs> who was a really good baseball player and, and the icon for the Atlanta Braves. And, you know, we had Gerald Williams who, you know, just passed away, but he was a guy that played for the Yankees. And, you know, um, basketball, man, Willis Reed, um, Larry Wright, you know, Aaron James, we, we you know, the, the game, uh, um, that, that far as from athletes and, you know, from that perspective, man, Grambling has a rich tradition of just having guys who are just elite at, you know, in athletics and not only that, um, but you know, that G that, that G brand is just, is just, man, it's just unforgettable. You know, when you put on that black and gold and you get on that airplane or, you know, you're, you're in a grocery store and it's not just in Grambling, it's in Texas and then it's in um, all parts of Louisiana. It's in California, man. It's something different when you put that G on your chest. So I think all these iconic legends um, that have, you know, paved the way for all of our kids now who are in athletics, 
uh, has allowed Grambling to flourish and become the brand name across the country and in the world that it is right now. Coach, I deal with a lot of families up in the Mid-Atlantic Northeast area, and, you know, they're excited about listening. And they have an interest in Grambling, but how do they, if they're not playing any games down in the Southeast area, Louisiana, Texas, how do they get in front of you? Or do they send you video via email? What's the best way to correspond and get, get in, uh, start to get it recruited by Grambling? I, I, you know, I, I think the video part is, is essential. Obviously, you know, you know, shooting the email and and being able to int- and have the introduction that way. And then after, you know, we can evaluate the tape and um, and everything, man. I think that we can go from there. Um, also, we have camps, you know, in the summertime that, you know, would be essential for them to come down and and get a chance to, you know, to really see you. Um, and they can get a chance to view the campus and, and be down in Louisiana and Grambling and just kind of get a feel for it and see if it's something that they're liking. If, you know, if they fit the program, then I think it works from there. Then, you know, it could be a match. But, you know, you know, we, we can't we, we don't have the ability to be able to fly and go a lot of places. So video is essential for us. It's, and, and now, you know, especially with, you know, um, social media, Instagram and Twitter and, you know, being able to, you know, put your information up and your videos up, man, I think that's essential, man, of getting that information out to not only just me, but any coach. But, you know, my DMs are open all the time and, you know, and my email is open all the time and I'm, I'm ready to evaluate tape and look at kids at, at all times. My question, just going off of that question that Walter just asked you, would what events, if there's kids listening here that are truly, really interested in going to Grambling, what events would you suggest that they go to so that you maybe have a chance to do see them instead of just on video? Um, you know, I, I think Lake Point is always essential. You know, those tournaments out there are always essential because, you know, everybody's out there. Um, you know, for us, you know, we, we always go to, you know, Texas is always a, a, a spot for us to be, um, obviously, Louisiana, because we're here. But that Atlanta's a, a, a fertile ground for all those tournaments and everything, you know, and, you know, Lake Point is where everybody go. Jupiter is where everybody go. So, you know, those type of tournaments right there, man, is always it's always good for kids to get seen. Um, and it's always a place where, you know, you, you, you're probably going to find Grambling. Okay, let me ask you a question about the guy you coached with, building Grambling into a top program. In what ways are you putting your own stamp on the Grambling baseball program now? Um, I, I, first of all, you know, Coach Coach James Cooper is, you know, I, I think, you know, when we when, when I talk about him, he, he's, he wasn't just, you know, a boss to me. That was my brother. Like, you know, we, we, we played together and then also – you know, when he got the job in 2010 and he was one of the youngest head coaches ever, well, I was one of the youngest assistant coaches ever because I was younger than he was. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you know, he, he he's a grinder. And not only he's a grinder, man, he's a great baseball mind. And, you know, we, we learned together, you know, you know, learned about, you know, what type of player that we wanted to recruit, learned about what type of offense we wanted, learned about – you know, the, the defensive skills that it takes and fundamentals that it takes for position players to really be at their best. And, you know, so we were in it together and just grew up together in the game um, of baseball coaching. But, you know, for me, as, as for my stamp, I, I think is, you know, I, I'm just a little I'm a little bit more extrovert than he is. You know, Coach Cooper is he's not a quiet guy. 
you know, he don't say a lot for me, man. I'm always jumping around. I'm always jumping around. I'm always a little bit more verbal. And I, I think, you know, you know, so I, I think that's the stamp. You know, my, my kids are going to have, uh, you know, a, a different type of vibe, a different type of spunk, a different type of energy about themselves. Because, you know, I exude confidence in, in everything that I try to do. So, you know, I, you know, I, I, I don't know about, you know, the stamp because we are so we are so much alike in, in, in things and we built it together. You know, I just hope that, you know, we can continue to build upon the fact that, man, for the past seven years, we've been either one or two um, on the Western Division. And I think we finished 79 and 49 in the past seven years um, in our conference. So, you know, we've been doing extremely well. And obviously, man, you know, our kids that come in this year have a, a huge task to understand that there are people that came before, man, that paved the way and they got to, you know, begin to do some of those same things so you know being a head coach now you know it's, it's a little it, you know there's, there's some different things and not looking in the dugout and not seeing my, my my friend and uh coach cooper is is um is unusual at times but i'm getting used to it you know you talk about your brotherhood with him and you guys are you know great friends and like brothers what what advice did he give you when he left and you took over the job the, the advice he gave me, man, was, man, man, do it your way, you know, do do it your way. And obviously, you know, because we've been doing it his way for 12 years and, you know, some of the things that he that he's done at Grambling has been essential for the growth of Grambling, period. But he was like, man, don't, don't follow after me, man. Do do it. Do it your way. And I think that's some of the best advice that, that he gave me uh, beside the fact of watching him and, you know, and growing with him. But more importantly, man, you know. You know, we have a guy by the name of Coach Wilbert Ellis that has helped both of us. You know, Coach Wilbert Ellis is an icon legend at Grambling State University, the most winningest coach in baseball. Um, he's a Hall of Famer in the ABCA Hall of Fame and Grambling Hall of Fame and College Baseball Hall of Fame. He's, you know, so when you got a guy like that, you know, um, y y you get a chance to get some type of mentorship and, and leadership qualities and wisdom that a lot of people can't get. So I think that me and Coach Cooper has benefited uh, by having Coach Ellis by our side um, to talk to on a regular basis. And not only that, just to be that voice of reason, man, every time, man, you need a decision and you don't really know which way to go. Let me ask you a question now about your, you know, it's commonly known in D1 that HBCU baseball programs lack the resources of other you know, major D1 programs, yet re you guys remain very competitive. How does Grambling embrace this struggle, yet find ways to overcome these obstacles? I, I, I think the struggle is real when you talk about, you know, limited amount of resource. But but here's the thing. Um, I, I think for as we talk about HBCUs, um, what are the kids getting? What, what are the kids getting? Are, are you looking for, you know, and for us, are you looking for a place to just play baseball and have a chance to get drafted? Are you looking to be, are you looking for more? Obviously, you know, we want, we want kids that are some of the best in the country. You know, my aspirations for Grambling is to be the first historical black college in Omaha. I, I, I think it can happen. I, I believe it can happen, you know, and, you know, we can only do that if, we have the type of players to be able to do it. But more importantly, man, you know, we need, we need some, we need people to invest in our program, you know, invest in our fields and invest in our kids. 
um, so that they can have the best resources and that some of the better kids in the country would come to an HBCU. Uh, but I think the, the thing about HBCUs that we have that a lot of people don't have is the fact of the matter is that, man, our culture, um, especially for the kids that look like me, that are, that are African-American, you know, we, we are building something that is going to be lasting. So when our kids come to our program, like I said before, they're just not getting the baseball side of it. That's the, that is the, the, I guess that's the sprinkle on the top of the cake. But the more important part is, man, the development of when they talk to me, I have an open door policy where when, when my kids come to my office, man, we can only talk about baseball for 10 minutes. That's it. You got 10 minutes. We talk about baseball throughout the whole week, but you can only talk about baseball for 10 minutes. The rest of it, man, I want to know about your family. I, I want to know how you're doing in the classroom. I want to know uh, who's that girl with that I see in the calf, man, you probably need to stay away from her. You know, I want to I, I want to know these kids um, in depth so that the relationship that we build with them is going to be lasting so that when they do graduate from Grambling, they can come back and be contributors into our program. You know, so for us, man, we're going to play really good competition. You know, we just played Mississippi State on last Tuesday and almost, you know, pulled up a big, big time upset over the national champs, uh, lost the game one to two. And I, I actually think that. You know, if we have a better uh, top of the sixth inning, I think we win that game. So we do have the ability to compete at a high level, but we are offering more than just baseball. We are offering an opportunity for kids to grow and become better people. And so when they go out into the world, man, the baseball side of it, man, I played some really good baseball at Grambling. I had an opportunity to get drafted. That's awesome. But more importantly, man, I had an opportunity to go through adversity learn from Coach Pierre, learn from the staff, learn from my teammates, and become uh, the best version of myself. And, and that's the most important part for us. So, man, baseball is the bonus. It is. We are about developing young black men or any men. You know, we're not limited to, to, to anybody. We have Hispanics. We have, we have white kids at our program. You know, we're not limited to anybody. I, you know, if you come to our program, man, you got, you're going to be challenged. And I tell them all the time, man, I – before every kid gets in our program, and I tell them mostly constantly on a regular basis that I love them and I, with passion. But I tell them, here's the thing about my love. I love hard. I love extremely hard. So every day you're going to get challenged by me. Every day I'm going to expect something out of you that maybe you don't think that you have in yourself, but I see it. So when they come to Grambling, they know that every aspect of their life, baseball, um, academics, and socially, they're going to be challenged. Now, when you talk about adversity, what are the main the things that are adverse for your students that you deal with most of the times when things aren't good? I, I think for us, the, the adversity side of it is, you know, the, these kids, um, they, 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 when they go to uh, other schools and they, they see some of the things that they have, you know, I, I think they, they sometimes dream and want like, man, why we don't have that, you know? You know, obviously, our kids have to be sometimes uh, grounds crew where they have to work on the field and do some different things. And then they go other places and don't see kids do that. And, you know, and I, and, I, and I think, you know, that can be a benefit to our program. It shows them how to work hard. It shows them how that sometimes when you don't have what, what you think you need, man, you still got to grind and be able to go get it. But, you know, you know, ad adversity is something that I, I think is opportunities. You know, I, I look at it as it's an opportunity. You know, I'm a believer. You know, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a minister. So, I, you know, I believe that all things are working together for my good. So I don't know if adversity is, is something that we always just look at 
or do we look at it as an opportunity, man, for us to be uh, getting better and an opportunity for us to, you know, move forward in something? So that's how I kind of feel about that. Okay, that's great. Let me ask you this now, then. Um, if you could hypothetically add one element to improve your baseball program, what choice would you make? Would it be increased scholarships, facility upgrades, additional staff, or, you know, anything? What, what, what would you do to add to your program that would help your kids out more? I, I think for, for us, it would be facility upgrades. Uh, I would start with um, our, our, our surface. You know, I, I would want to go to a um, an artificial surface for us. And I also would want to upgrade our locker room. You know, we have a decent locker room, but it needs more space. Um, coaches' offices, um, uh, hopefully ability to be able to have a weight room in it and, so, and, 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 and those things. So it would be facility upgrade. I, I, I think we live, in a, we live in a generation now where kids want to see things, man. You know, everything is on social media so much where kids want. Um, the facilities. And I think that that is the change that I would make, man, as far as our facility wise. Um, you know, obviously the, the, having a third coach would be awesome as well. But, you know, we've done a really good job of getting players into our into our uh, into our institution, into our program. But I think that we can do a better job of getting high level players um, if our facility upgrades were better. And so I, I would say facilities, that's a huge thing, you know, especially when you don't have to you know, you don't have to fix the field and you, and you can play games as, as now. Look, we got a Tuesday game coming up. You know, we had to cover the field because of, you know, some inclement weather coming in this whole entire week. So, you know, we're going to have to make the adjustment of going indoors and trying to find ways to get some work in order for us to get ready for this midweek and weekend series because of the rain coming in. But if you got turf, you don't have to do that. You know, you wait till it stops raining, it drains, and you get ready to get back on it and start playing. You know, there's probably a lot of people on this call that have never seen, you know, SWAC, you know, baseball. You guys start uh, at the Andre Andre Dawson Classic in New Orleans. Can you tell our audience about, you know, what you feel like is the, the, the current state of HBCU baseball and, and tell us a little bit about the style of playing the SWAC? Uh, the, the, the SWAC is an underrated conference extremely underrated and i think it doesn't get the credit that it deserves across the country um you know we have some of the best athletes in the in, in the country in our in our league um and we have some really good teams in our league um it's a it it has really good pitchability man we have guys that can run it up 88 to 90 93 miles per hour on friday night and there's some really good bullpen guys and there's some really good teams in our conference i just don't think we get the credit we deserve um and I also don't think at times, man, because, you know, you know, people may get a chance to see us in a midweek game versus an LSU or a Mississippi State. And, you know, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, it depends. Sometimes those games go wrong. Sometimes those games go right. But I think if, if people were invested and they were able to see us on a weekend series and see the energy level in our league and see that we have some really good coaches in our league, I think people would – understand that our conference is a really good conference and you know if you go across the board and look at some of the games that we play against a lot of these mid-majors and a lot of these um power five schools man you know a lot of times we're in those games we're really in those games we're just a few arms away where they can come with a guy that's going to be 88 to maybe 95 or 90 to 95 and we just don't have the arms to compete um throughout a weekend but i'm telling you this butch it's getting close to that and with the transfer portal and with, 
you know, the state of how kids are really being more invested in uh, HBCUs. You can see it from the football side of it with what Deion Sanders is doing and also uh, Coach Hugh Jackson at Grambling is doing now. We're not far away, man, from, from really making an impact not only in our league, but across the world in college baseball. It's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. So let me ask you a question about the makeup of your team, your roster. Where do you mainly get your players from? Do you get, do you like to get them from JC? Are you more high school oriented? Are you using the transfer portal? Uh, how, how do you want to build your team and where do you want to build it from? I, I think it depends. You know, I, I want to use all three. I, I want to get in some quality high school kids that are going to be in our program for a minute. I also you know, love to have Juco arms, guys who pitch some innings and have some some type of, you know, um, adversity underneath their belt. They're ready for college. And then also, you know, you, when you talk about the transfer portal, man, you're talking about guys who've, who, who, who have, who've been around. So they've been on a college campus. They understand it. So I just want to use – I want to be able to use all three. Uh, but we've been heavy Juco. We've been having a lot of Juco guys within our program. And uh, and now that the transfer portal is wide open, I, I think that we'll 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 be able to pull some guys from that as well. So you know, for for us, man, I, I just want to be able to get guys in our program who are gonna fit our style of play, and then also who who want to be developed and who also want to be at Grambling State University. So uh, I, I think it's essential for us to be able to use all three. Uh, but you know, we don't. I mean, we, we don't just kind of – I just I, I guess we just kind of go with the flow, man, of what we feel. I see a high school kid that I think that can play at a high level. Shucks, we, we, we're going to go after him. If we see a Juco guy, we're going to go after him. And if we see a guy in the transfer portal, man, we'll go after him. So I don't mind. You know, I just want good players. I, I just want good players. I don't, I don't really care where they come from. <laughs> you just want good players and good people, it sounds like to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, when you talk – more West Coast type of game, you know, running, moving on over, or go game like a East. Say, say it one more time. You broke up for me. Yeah, I, I'm sorry about this breaking up. I've, I've never had this call in a hotel. I'm usually at home. Um, what I'm asking you is, is you know, when you 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 talked about a speed game earlier that you you know you you trying uh-huh. to move the game fast but when it comes to the game when you're running the game you know when the game you know gets into those moments when you're playing mississippi state are you looking for the long ball or are you you know like a an a eastern type of a baseball or are you more into the west coast baseball of bunting and and creating runs through moving runners over i i, I i'm gonna answer that question like this i, I think the game will tell you what to do uh, and, and the hitter will tell you what to do depending on who's up. You know, for us, you know, we have we have two guys in our lineup in Cameron Buford and John Garcia who are, you know, two of the better prospects in our in our conference. You know, when those guys come up, man, I'm looking for those guys to drive balls in gaps or drive them over the wall. But there's some other guys that come into our lineup, man, where we want to be athletic. We want to maybe be able to hit and run and bun and be able to put pressure on the team. So that we allow the game to tell us what to do. I think the, the the style of play for us is we want to build an offense that can play in any ballpark. You know, obviously when you start playing in ballparks and weather starts to dictate things, when wind is blowing in, obviously the long ball is not going to work. 
So, you know, we want guys that, you know, I tell my kids all the time, man, I don't want to lead the the swag in home runs. I want to lead the swag in doubles, and I want to I want to steal over 100 stolen bases if we can. Uh, so we want to play the type of baseball, man, that applies pressure on people, you know, that, you know, we can get that pitcher to start thinking about that base runner, and now he lays one in, now we hit a ball in the gap, and we're off to the races. So, you know, it doesn't matter who we're playing against, whether we're playing against somebody in our league or out of our league. You know, we're going to allow the game to tell us what to do, and then we're going to make decisions based upon, you know, the situation of what the game is. You know, you talked earlier about Deion Sanders and, you know, his arrival and success at Jackson State. You know, it's been a, a, a game changer for HBCU football. Do you think – what do you believe is going to be the next game changer that will elevate HBUC baseball nationally? I, me. I'd love that. <laughs> Me. <laughs> I, I think I, I, I think when we be when, when we start getting the essential things that we need to get into our program, you know, like I said before, man, I think Gramlin can be the first HBCU um in Omaha. Uh, but it takes players. It takes players, it takes the facilities. When we get our kids on campus, I think the selling point for us to be able to sell our kids is there. I think we're we're just missing, you know, some things with our facility wise. And then once we get that going. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, it could be a central thing for us. Uh, recruiting has never been a problem for us at Grambling. You know, I, you know, I, I think I, I do a pretty good job of that. But um, I, I think the and, – and, and it's just not just me. We have some really good coaches. And Jackson State has a really good coach in Omar. Um, uh, Southern has a really good coach in Crenshaw. Texas Southern, Mike Robinson. Um when you start talking about, you know, Bethune-Cookman and, and Jonathan Hernandez, you know, fam, you, you know, Coach Shoup, man, you know, there are some really good coaches within our within our league. And, you know, all of us, you know, are, are building something special. But, you know, I want to be the first to be able to do it. And uh, I, I think that if we get those essential things in, man, you know, we can have the ability to change the game of college baseball with our, with our program and getting the kids that we bring into there. Now, how do you feel like uh, we can promote baseball in the rural areas and the inner cities? How, how do you feel like what what can we do to move the game forward, in your opinion? I, I think we got to be more visible. Um, obviously, you know, from from a from a perspective, you know, are are, are our black kids seeing black coaches at their level? Are, 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 are they seeing those type of coaches? Are, are they seeing people that look like them playing the game? You know, um, are they seeing people like them? Um, are, are they training people? You know, I, those are the things that are, are – it starts at the grassroots. It starts at the grassroots. So if our kids begin to see those things, then I think, you know, they'll be more prone to going and playing the game of baseball. But they have to see us. They, they, they have to see us. And it's one of the things that, you know, we, we want to continue to be uh, visible. That's why it's important. You know, I think it's important. You know, for us to have those, you know, game on ESPN, not just against Mississippi State, but let's let's try to start putting games on ESPN with college baseball when we're playing within our conference, when we're playing against Southern, when we're playing against Alabama State. And I forgot to mention them because, um, but you know, um, Coach Vasquez, they do a, a great job over there as well. So you know, you know, let, let's try to find a way instead of putting um, all those games of those power fives and mid majors on. Let's try to put some swag games on t- on 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 TV, uh, on MLB Network, on uh, ESPN Plus, on ESPN Two, 
And I, I believe if kids begin to see it, then uh, I believe they'll flock to it. They see football all the time and see people that look just like them. They see basketball all the time and see people that look just like, look like them. But they don't see a game of baseball with, with teams in our league. Um, and I think that would be essential. I think that would be essential for them. What? How would you talk about a, what would be a selfless player that's in your program? A selfless player that's in my program? Yeah. How would you, oh. like, you, you you know, you talk about team, you talk about family. Are most of your guys selfless guys, or do you have some selfish guys that you have to, you know, work on? And work I, in their, I, I think that's. I think as a coach, we all have those selfish ones who have their own agendas and hidden motives. <laughs> but, you know, we have a kid by the name of John Parker, who is a transfer from uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. And um, he is um, he is our, our starting second baseman. And he is a tremendous kid. And I'm talking about when, 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 when you talk about selfless, he's the type of kid that um, is going gonna to take out the trash. He's the type of kid that is going to, you know, brush the lips. He's the, that type of kid that is going to um, always have his teammates back and you don't have to ask him to do anything, man. Um, he is a willing spirit. And, you know, so we have a bunch of kids like that within our program, but we also do have selfish kids within our program. And then we try to talk to them about um, understanding what the commitment is that it takes in order for you to um, not only be a good baseball player, but a good person. And But I tell them this all the time. You know, I, 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 I sacrifice a lot. I sacrifice a lot, you know, as far as my family and a lot of, you know, my time and my money, you know, within my program. So, you know, I tell them all the time, man, that, you know, if anybody got the right to be selfish, it's me. So I, I'm not selfish. I give out of the, uh, the kindness of my heart. And because I love them, uh, it makes no sense that they work out together. They in the weight room together. They're practicing together. They run condition together and not love each other. You know, one of the things that, you know, we try to build our program on the foundation is just love, man, being able to be with one another. Because I want to know when it's when it's on the line, are you going to be there for me? I, I want to know that when it's the most adverse situation, can I count on you? You know, I want to know that um, if you can do the little things correct, then I can trust you with the big things. So, so for us, man, we 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 try to talk about that um, a lot about you know guys being committed, being focused, and being selfless. Okay, so when you talk about like game changing things, when you're looking for players, and we can't, we're let's leave family and makeup and all that stuff out of it. When a family asks you how you're going to make their kid better as a baseball player. What's your answer to them? I tell them I tell them total access to the field. Like, you know, he's going to have total access to the field. He's going to be able to work. And then more importantly, man, he's going to get hands-on training with us. Um, we're going to make him better in the weight room with our special conditioning program because we train bullets and not bowling balls. So we want to be explosive. And then more importantly, man, you know, we're going to work. We're, we're, we're going to work. And, you know, when we're when we get really good at it, we're going to continue to work. And, you know, so that's the thing that we talk about a lot of times, man, is just, you know, being able to work. If you're an infielder, man, we're going and you're working with me, then we're working on the fundamentals. You know, we want to have good feet. We want our feet to play well, um, you know, and we, we want to be able to, you know, like, for instance, for us, 
when we take our ground ball work, we got something that's called perfect 50. So it's always before practice, you know, uh, we, we got perfect 50. And, you know, they have to um, grade themselves. So it's, it's, you know, maybe 10 backhands, 10 forehands, 10 balls right at you. And, you know, and then they have to grade it. So, you know, if they go 40 for 50 or 50 for 50 or 30 for 50, it, it tells them, you know, you know, how much better are they getting? And then um, more importantly, that we begin to have a competition with it. So, you know, we, you know, we we do a good job of making sure that our kids have the basic fundamentals and that we train hard. You know, we try to let them understand that, you know, it's not about what we do within the practice setting, but more importantly, it's what we do before and after practice. And, you know, we're here for them. We, we are we are here for them, man. We want to work. Uh, we want to get better and we want them to be better. So, you know, they can expect that somebody's going to be grinding with them on a day in and day out basis. You know, Walter and I, our, our whole agenda here is to help families, you know, help young players, uh, you know, try to get to the next level. Uh, what, if you can give these families and players that are on here tonight some advice, what could you give them in advice on, you know, their process right now that they're going through and, and what they're doing in youth baseball? I, you know, uh, I, the advice I would give to any kid is, is man, um, make sure that you you run with a good circle. And when I say the circle, I'm talking about the people you're connected to. To me, is the most important thing. If you hang, you know, my grandma used to say, "Birds of a feather flock together." And you know, it, I, I think it's about, you know, am I getting around guys who have the same mindset and passions that I have? Or am I hanging out with guys who are not doing the exact same thing that I'm doing? Because if you, you, you if you find out, um, you know, who are who I'm connected to, because I I just believe there there are a lot of people that come through your path that can push you into your purpose. So you know it's it's about it's it's about connecting. It's about finding people who want to do the exact same thing that I want to do. And if I can get with guys who are grinding and who are working hard and you know, then maybe, you know, um, I can I can become the best version of myself. Maybe I can I can get better at my craft. But, you know, it, it's you know, especially at our level, you know, it's about, man, who you're connected to. You know, I, you know, even those guys are some guys are your teammates. Don't necessarily mean they're guys that are going down the same path that I'm going down. So I'm telling I would tell any youth baseball player, any high school baseball player, anybody that's looking to, you know, play the game and try to play it as long as they can. Man, you gotta be connected to people who are going in the same direction you're going in. And if you can do that and find those type of individuals that are going to hold you accountable and challenge you each and every day, I think it's gonna make you a better baseball player. That's fantastic advice. Now, to the parents go through this process, and you know, sometimes it's harder for the parents than it is the player. What advice would you give parents that are dealing with kids? that are trying to get to the next level? I, I, I think parents should always be invested in their kids. But I also think um, allow the son or allow the daughter to experience um, the journey, you know, kind of on their own. 
And when I say on their own, I mean allow them to gain a relationship with the coach. Allow them to, you know, to to be a part of the recruiting process. And not so for some of our parents, uh, live their dreams through their kids. Because it happens a lot. You know, you know, it happens to me when I'm communicating with recruits. I, I don't want to talk. I'm not, you know, obviously you do have to recruit the parents. But at the end of the day, you know, the kid is going to make the final decision. And, you know, so I, I would tell the parents that, you know, obviously have all the questions that they need answered. But more importantly, just step back sometimes and allow the kid to really be invested in this recruiting process and allow him to talk to the coaches and and build that rapport so that he can make a, a strong decision on whether that's the place that I want to be at for the next three to four years of my college career. We're getting down here to the end. This has been outstanding. I'm sorry we had the mix up in the middle of the, the, the phone call because you were going great. And uh, But when you – when you're looking at players that you're going to recruit to your program, how what's the weight on ability to make up for you? That's a good question. I, I think for us is it's a mixture of both. You know, sometimes you have a kid that the makeup is kind of rough, but you feel like if you can get him into your program, you feel like you can, you can, you can work on that. Um, but ability, man, for us is it's, it's a lot. It, it means a lot that being able to, because obviously look, we got three coaches, you know, I have, I have, I have a, a one full-time assistant and I have a graduate assistant. So, you know, we, you know, with, with the coaches that we have, we don't necessarily have all the bodies to be able to meet the needs of every, you know what I mean? Of every kid, like we, like we should, you know, having the, the big staff, like we, like we would love to have. So we want kids with some ability there. So sometimes there will be some makeup issues, uh, with some of the kids that we have, but we feel like our system, our program, and the way that we talk to our kids and mentor our kids is going to help him develop those social skills or that makeup or that laziness or that attitude that he has. We feel like we can develop that into something special. So uh, there are times that we'll take a challenge or take a risk on a kid with um, some makeup issues because we feel like if we got him into our environment, we can really work on him and make him a better person. So when you talk about makeup issues, what would be a makeup? Like when you're considering a play, say a guy has just ungodly abilities and he's going to, he, he's truly going to make your program a better program from a player standpoint between the lines, but he does have makeup problems. What is a makeup problem that would just, turn you away from that kid uh just probably not listening like just he he just thinks he knows it all and i i think when you when you deal with kids that just think they've arrived and know it all i think that's the portion that is going to be hard to really deal with because it's going to be hard for you to coach them you know if, if they think they've already arrived um attitude you can deal with a little attitude a little feistiness you, you can deal with that um, a little laziness you can kind of deal with a little bit. But I just think when, when when kids get to the point where they feel like you can't talk to them and they know it all, I, you know, I, you know we, we'll pass on that all the time. You know, I, I love your confidence. I, I you know, I've, I've gotten to meet you. You know, you're an incredible guy. You, 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 you wear your program well. 
if I'm asking my last question of you tonight, if you could give anybody and everybody on this, this call advice, what advice would you give us all, you know, in life, in baseball, you know, anything that would affect us and make us all better people? I, I, I think for me would be, you know, man, continue to chase your vision, but write it down and speak it every day. I, I think for me is, you know, one of the things that I do, and, and this is crazy, but I wake up in the morning all the time, every day. And I, when I look in the mirror, I say, man, Davin, man, you're the best coach in the country. Uh, you, you're the best fungo hit in the country. You make the best decision in the country. Uh, you, you, are the best recruiter in the country. And I, I speak those things, man. And I, I write it down. You know, and I think for all of us, you know, we have to have the ability to say what we want and verbalize it and put it in the universe. And, you know, when we begin to do those things, you know, like I said before, man, obviously, you know, being a believer, you know, the Bible talks about if you speak those things as though they were. So I, I do a lot of speaking. I do a lot of talking. I do a lot of, you know, affirmations about, you know, where I want to go. And I think for each and every person on the call tonight, you know, I would think that you would invest in, man, speaking that thing, man, you know, talking about, you know, where you want to go, uh, writing it down and not only believing it, then chasing it. Coach, I can't tell you how much we appreciate your time tonight. That hour went by fast. Uh, but I wish you the best of luck, uh, and I hope that there's players on this on this call tonight that will end up with you at Grambling University because that will impact and change that player's life probably. Man, I, I appreciate it, man. And let me tell you something, man. It's 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 um having the opportunity to talk on spaces like this, man. That it also give us the opportunity, man, to um, promote our programs and promote HBCU baseball and Black College baseball and allow kids to see that, man, they can come to our place and, and live out a dream, too, man. I really appreciate it a lot being on this program, man. And I and I know that, you know, it, it kind of, you know, uh, messed up at first. But, I you know, it, this was fun. This was extremely fun tonight, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Walter, do you want to talk about your guest for Tuesday night and shoot it out there? Well, first, I want to say to Coach Pierre, I wrote – I take, always take a lot of notes when I listen to these – but I circled this one. We train in bullets. That was absolutely, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> you know, to me, that was, that's something that you should put on a, try to trademark that or something. Cause that was absolutely <laughs> on point right there. Uh, I absolutely want to thank you. Cause I, I happen to be, have a, a, a great group of friends in Louisiana. A lot of them were listening tonight and they learned a great deal about not only Grambling, but you as a head coach. So thank you very much for spending some time that. with us tonight. Uh, this Tuesday, we have Travis Jewett, and he is with Tulane, coming off a big series W against Mississippi State, depend, defending national champions. So Travis is always insightful, informative, and, oh, by the way, a little entertaining. So find your way here on Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Thanks, Butch. Yeah, thank you, Walter. Hey, guys, uh, next Sunday, I will have Danielle Martin. She works with a lot of major league players. She is a mental skill performance coach. So we will get an hour with her next weekend. 
but I would tell you, I've known Travis Jewett since he was at, I want to say he was at Tacoma Community College. Uh, so I, I've known him since then, and he will be fun to listen to. He's, you know, was at Arizona State. He was at Vanderbilt. He's he's been around a few places. And now he's leading that that thing at Tulane, and they had, I think, I want to say they beat Mississippi State twice this weekend. So that that's a pretty good place to start. And I want to say they're ten and three on the year so far. So he'll be a great guest on Tuesday. Remember, it's Tuesday, not Monday night. Uh, Travis will be on Real Talk with Walter on Tuesday night. But again, uh, we gave him the blueprint. We gave Travis the blueprint, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Guys, I want to thank you again. I hope you have a great week and I look forward to you to seeing everybody again on Tuesday night. Danielle Martin next Sunday night with me back on the West coast. Have a good night.